Welcome to Main Menu for the week of June 29th through July 5th, 2012. I'm your host, David Tanner, and welcome to Main Menu. We are glad to have you with us today, whether you're a returning listener or you're a new listener and this is your first time listening to Main Menu. We are always happy to have you here and have you coming back, and we hope that you enjoy and get a lot of information out of the information we have for you here on Main Menu. And we have a couple of program notes we want to give you just before we get into the program for today. As you know, if you've been around for very long at all, you know that about this time of the year, uh, Main Menu uh, often takes a break uh, at uh, the time of the ACB National Convention for airing of the convention on Mainstream. This year, we do have the schedule of when that will be. We will have a regular main menu next Friday on the 6th and look forward to that because there are going to be a couple special things. Next week's show is going to be rather interesting, I think. And then the next week, the Friday the 13th of July, we will not have a main menu show, but we will be back with you again then on Friday, July 20th. All right, let's get into today's programming here on main menu and what we're going to be hearing we're going to start out with david woodbridge compliments of vision australia david is going to come to us with with a very nice program one that if you use the apple mac you'll certainly want to uh, take note of the information that david has and uh, if you don't have a way to take notes right now, you may want to come back and listen to the program again later so you can take notes because David is going to give us a good overview of the various voiceover navigation options on the Mac with voiceover. And he does a very nice and a very thorough job. And if you don't know all of those navigation options, I think you'll find using your Mac with VoiceOver much easier when you uh, get those down. And then Mary Emerson's going to come in and she's going to talk to us about the CloudMark Desktop One spam blocker software that she uses on a regular basis and, and how it works and show us all about how it works and how you can get a copy for yourself to try out. That's what we have today on Main Menu. You have a great week for, for those of you in the U.S. Have a great 4th of July celebration and a time of relaxation. And we'll see you back here next week on Main Menu. Pre-registration for the 2012 ACB Conference and Convention is just around the corner. Pre-register for the first ACB Leadership Institute, a day of growth and leadership training, July 6, 2012. 
This day-long workshop is designed to give emerging leaders within local, state, and special interest affiliates tools to inspire confident leadership. You will learn about everything from running effective meetings and improving communication skills to effective fundraising techniques and funds management. Members of ACB affiliates may apply to take part in this unique opportunity. The session is limited to 50 persons. If you are someone who wants to take a greater role in ACB or one of its affiliates but don't know where to start or aren't sure just what to do, this workshop is absolutely for you. Attendees will become the backbone of the Leadership Institute and encouraged to share similar training in their home area. Attendance is limited to 50 persons, so be sure to pre-register for this fabulous opportunity. The cost is $50 per person, which includes lunch and all training materials. Make your plans now to join us in Louisville, Kentucky on July 6th at the Galt House Hotel for the first Leadership Institute of the American Council of the Blind. For further information about this groundbreaking opportunity, please contact Burl Colley, Chair of the Leadership Institute Committee, at BLC0901 at Comcast. Dot net or call 360-438-0072. The following presentation is brought to you on Main Menu, courtesy of David Woodbridge and Vision Australia. To find out more about Vision Australia, visit them on the web at www.visionaustralia.org. Vision Australia. Blindness and low vision services. In this demonstration, I thought it'd be a nice time to take you through some of the navigation options as a bit of a reminder in VoiceOver on your Mac. So before I get started, let me say that my Mac is turned on in this case. VoiceOver is running, and as usual, let me start from a known spot on my Mac by doing Shift-VOD, remembering that the Control and Option keys are referred to as the VO keys. So Shift-VOD or Shift-Control-Option-D for my desktop. I'll do that now. Desktop, Macintosh HD, selected volume. Okay, and then of course, with the general navigation options that you have in VoiceOver by default, of course you have the control option keys or VO keys and left, right, up and down. You have your perform action or activate an item command with VO spacebar or control option spacebar on an item. And you have your interact command, which is shift VO dinner or shift control option dinner interact. And of course, to uninteract, you've got Shift VO up arrow or Shift Control Option up arrow. So they're sort of, I guess, to be considered as the general navigation commands for VoiceOver to get yourself around the system. And then, of course, you've got the main options to get to your menu bar with VOM or Control Option M for menu bar, VO or Control Option D for dock, and of course, Shift. Control Option D or Shift VOD for your desktop. So these are your main navigation commands. Now what you can do with VoiceOver on the Mac, you can actually lock your VO keys with VO or Control Option semicolon. So I'll do that now. Control Option Lock On. Okay, so I've locked the keys. Now that basically means that when I'm navigating, I actually don't have to hold down the control and option keys, I can just use the rest of the keys that make up the command. So if I just press right arrow by itself now. 
Dropbox, selected alias. Okay, press left to go to the previous item. Macintosh HD, selected volume. Okay, I want to open up my Macintosh HD. I can just press the space bar. Open finder item. Now in Macintosh HD window, list view table. And if I want to interact with that table, I can just press shift down arrow. Interact with list view table, row 1 of 24. Name, applications, column 1, row 1. Select. Okay, and then of course I can just press down arrow. Library, collapsed. Upper. Applications, collapsed. Right arrow. Day modified, yesterday 7, okay, 2, 5. P name, applications, column 1, row 1. Col okay, and then of course I can just press shift up arrow to uninteract. Stop interacting with list view table, 5 cells selected. If I want to get to the menu bar, I can just press M for menu bar. Menu bar, Apple. Okay, and then of course I can press right arrow. Finder, file, etc. Press left. Finder, Apple. M again to get to my status menu. L remote desktop menu one item. M again. Spotlight edit text. Spotlight and M again. Menu bar, Apple. Back to the main menu bar. I can just press escape. Closing menu, list view, table, five cells selected. If I want to get to my dock, I can just press D for dock. Dock. Safari, 3 of 27. And if I want to get back to my desktop, I can just press Shift D. Desktop, Macintosh HD, selected volume. Okay, all done by not having to hold down the control and option keys. So if you like doing that sort of thing, it is possible to remember that you've got to turn off those keys when you want to start using either a combination of one of those keys or typing etc otherwise you'll be doing voice out of commands and of course to turn it off or toggle it off it's vo or control option semicolon and to turn it off control option lock off okay so a very underutilized command but i still use it on occasion just to make life a bit easier when i'm actually navigating the mac rather than actually typing on the mac okay so that's number one if you like Number two, of course, is QuickNav. And for those that haven't used QuickNav, you basically turn on by pressing your left and right arrow keys together. So I'll do that now, left and right arrow. QuickNav on. And of course, now I can just press right arrow. Dropbox, selected alias. To the next item, press left arrow. Macintosh HD, selected volume. Item. If we want to activate an item, I can just press up and down together. Open now in Macintosh HD window. List view, table, five cells selected. Okay, and now if I want to interact with that table, I can press down and right arrow. Interact with list view, table, row one of 24, selected. Library, collapse, system, collapsed. Library, collapsed. Applications, collapsed. And of course, right arrow. Day modified, yesterday, set, name, applications, column one, row one. Okay, and then again, if I want to uninteract, I can press down and left arrow this time. Stop interacting with list view table, five cells selected. But where QuickNav really comes in handy is on the internet, i.e. in Safari, when you want to use what's called the rotor to navigate different items on web pages. So let me just jump quickly to Safari. Safari, home, Vision Australia website window. Okay, so I've got the Vision Australia website on my screen. And I've still got QuickNav running. So I'm going to press up and right. That cycles around the rotor. Text fields. Okay, text fields. Lines. Lines. Less. Lists. If I go backwards with up and left. Lines. Text fields. Buttons. Tables. Links. Form controls. Headings. 
Yeah, let's say, for example, I want to go through headings on this page. I can just press my down arrow. Heading level one, welcome to Vision Australia. Heading level two, Vision Australia's Christmas Appeal 2011. Heading level two, Vision Australia Kickstart 2012. Okay, and so on. If I wanted to navigate by links, I could just do up and right. Form controls, links. Get to links, press down arrow. Kickstart 2012, link. Seeing Eye Dogs Australia Christmas 2011 appeal, link. Kickstart 2012, link. And so on. So that's where QuickNav really comes in handy. And of course, I like using QuickNav for the interact command because you don't have to do shift VO or shift control option down arrow. You can just press down and right to interact and down and left to stop interacting. Very, very nice. Okay, so for the moment, let me turn QuickNav off just by doing left and right. It's a toggle, turn it off. QuickNav off. And just to be tidy, let's just go back to the desktop with shift VOD or shift control option D. Desktop, Macintosh HD, selected volume. Okay, so that's number two. So we've done so far, and I'm not counting the, just the normal control option navigation commands. So number one was the VO lock, control option lock, with VO semicolon or control option semicolon. Second was quick nav with left and right toggle on and off. And the third one, of course, is your trackpad commander. And if you've got a desktop computer, you can still use track commander with the magic trackpad. So on my Mac here at the moment, of course, I've got my trackpad on the front of the machine. So I'm going to hold down the control and option keys and do a two finger rotate on the trackpad to turn the trackpad command on for voiceover. Trackpad commander on. Okay, so I've got trackpad commander on. Now if I did one finger flick to the right. Dropbox. Selected alias. Move to the next item. One finger flick to the left. Macintosh HD. Selected volume. If I want to open up an item, I can do one finger double tap. Open. Now in Macintosh HD window. List view table. Five cells selected. If I want to interact with that table, I do a two finger scrub to the right. Interact with list view table. Row 1 to 24. Okay. And let me do one finger flick down. Library. Collapsed. One finger flick down. System. Collapsed. User guides and information. Okay, one finger flick up. System collapsed. Library collapsed. Applications collapsed. One finger flick to the right. Day modified. Yesterday size 3.58 GB. Day modified. Yesterday name. Applications column. And a two finger scrub to the left. Stop interacting with list view table. To stop interacting with that table. And now if I want to get to the menu bar. Using the trackpad, I do a two-finger double tap at the top of the trackpad. Menu bar, Apple. Okay, and of course, one finger flick to the right. Finder, file, edit. One finger flick to the left. File, finder, Apple. Okay, one finger flick down to pull it down. Apple, menu, about this Mac. Okay, and if I want to escape from that menu, two-finger scrub side to side. Closing menu. Okay, if I want to get to my dock, two-finger double tap at the bottom of the trackpad. Dock. Safari, 3 of 27. And there's the dock. So that's the trackpad commander. You navigate around with voiceover. And as with the quick nav, again, the trackpad commander really shines when you navigate the internet with Safari. So again, let me jump over to Safari. Safari, home, Vision Australia. Okay, let me just jump to the top of this screen. Vision Australia, blindness and low vision services. And for those that would like to know, I just do that with Shift VO Home or Shift Control Option Home. And of course, on my Mac Air keyboard, I was really doing Shift 
function, control option, left arrow. This is the function key, of course, turns the left arrow into your home button. Okay, so let's come back to my trackpad and let's do a two finger rotate to go through the rotor in this case. Remember on quick nav it was up and right or up and left to go through the rotor. On the trackpad it's actually a two finger rotate clockwise or counterclockwise to go through the rotor. So I'll do that now. Tables. Tables. Text fields. Text fields. Lists. Lists. Radio groups. Okay, and so on. So let's do a two finger rotate to the left. Static text. Lists. Lines. Text fields. Buttons. Tables. Links. Form controls, headings. And let's do one finger flick down to move down by heading. Heading level one, welcome to Vision Australia. Heading level two, Vision Australia's Christmas appeal. Heading level two, Vision Australia Kickstarter 201. Okay, and then let's say I want to now move by link. I can do a two finger rotate. Form controls. Links. Okay, to links. One finger flick down. Vision Australia's Christmas appeal to Kickstarter 201. Seeing eye dogs Australia Christmas. Blind courage. Okay, etc. My finger flick up. Seeing eye dog. Kicks are 2012. Link. Okay, and so on. And of course, the trackpad is really, really nice for navigating, as it is on the iOS devices such as the iPhone, iPod Touch, and iPad. And again, remember that if you don't have a MacBook with a multi touch trackpad, you can use the Magic Trackpad with the Mac Mini, iMac, etc. Okay, so let me go back to the desktop again with Shift VOD or Shift Control Option D. Desktop Macintosh H. And I'm just going to turn the voiceover command off for the moment with VO or Control Option two finger rotate counterclockwise. Trackpad Commander off. So again, just in summary, we've done the voiceover quick lock, VO semicolon or Control Option semicolon, quick nav, which is the left and right arrow keys to activate it, toggle it on or off. We've done the trackpad commander, which is the VO two finger rotate clockwise to turn it on, or control option two finger rotate clockwise, and counterclockwise with the control option or the VO keys held down to turn it off. So the fourth one I want to show you, and this is on a Apple keyboard that does have the numeric keypad, is the numpad commander. So I've actually got my QWERTY keyboard, in this case my USB one, plugged into my Mac Air. I'm actually going to turn the numpad commander on with VO clear or control option clear. And the clear key, if you come over to the numeric keypad on the right hand side of your Apple keyboard, you've got four keys on the top row. Below that, you've got another one, two, three, four. Yeah. So if you come over to the numpad on your Apple keyboard on the right hand side, the top you've got four function keys. If you come down to row two, the left hand most key is your clear key. So I'll do that now. VO clear or control option clear. Numpad commander on. Okay, so my numpad commander is now on. So if I now press number six, I can move to the next item on my desktop. Dropbox. Selected alias. If I press number four, I can move to the previous item. Macintosh HD. Selected volume. If I press 5, I can select the current item. Open now in Macintosh HD window. List view table. Five cells selected. And if I want to interact, I can press number 9, which will interact with the current item, in this case, my list view. Interact with list view table. Row 1 of 24. Selected. Name. Application. Now remember, the remote keypad is upside down to your normal telephone keypad. So, Below that row that contains the clear key, so I'm on the third row now, it's actually 789. 
down a row going from the left again four five six down a row again on the left one two three down a row again bottom left hand side is zero okay so it's upside down to your normal keypad that you'd have on your telephone keypad so in, in other words it's like a calculator keypad okay so i did number nine to interact i press down arrow number two library collapsed system collapsed okay, press number eight or up arrow library collapsed applications collapsed press number six to go right day modified yesterday press seven four two five eight. name applications column one row one collapsed and then to uninteract i press number seven stop interacting with list view table five cells selected and if you think about it it sort of makes sense that right there position because you've got seven to stop interacting skip over eight and you've got nine to start interacting so layout wise it actually makes sense spatially if i want to get to my menu bar it's the, the key to the right of the clear key so i press that now which is equals menu bar apple I press it again L remote desktop menu one item press it again spotlight edit text menu again. bar apple okay and then if i press the star key which is the right hand side key on the row containing your clear key desktop macintosh hd selected volume it goes to my desktop now the really other cool thing about the numeric keypad or the numpad commander is the fact that it works in conjunction with other modifier keys including the zero key at the bottom left hand side of the numpad itself plus your command key option control and shift keys so in effect you've got multi layers of commands that you can use to navigate with voiceover using the numeric keypad so for example let me show you how to navigate by header and links using the numeric keypad so i'm going to bring up safari safari home vision australia and let's just make sure at the top of the page with shift vo home vision australia blindness and low vision services because i'm going to hold down my zero key and press five to move forward by heading heading level one welcome to vision australia heading level two vision australia's christmas appeal 2011 heading level two vision australia kickstart 2012 okay and then of course if i wanted to move by a link forward i could press zero plus two which is right below the five because i'm moving forward kickstart 2012 link seeing eye dogs australia christmas 201 blind courage okay if i want to move back link by link it's zero plus one Seeing Eye Dogs Australia Christmas 201, KSR2012. I'm going to move back by header. It's 0 plus 4. Heading level 2, heading level 2, Vision Australia's script. Okay, and so on. So again, think of it as a bit of a grid. So 4 and 5. 4 is previous, 5 is next header. 1 is previous link, 2 is next link in a nice block. So for the moment, let me turn off the numpad commander with VO clear or control option clear. Numpad commander off and let's go to the desktop by just doing shift vod or shift control option d desktop macintosh hd selected volume okay so that's again the video control option lock quick nav trackpad commander and then the numpad commander now the final one that i want to remind people about and i actually use this one all the time of course is your keyboard commander so to turn your keyboard commander on it's shift vok or shift control option k keyboard commander on by default you can use your right option key to do things like ask what the time is with right option t january 24th 4 
45 p.m. Okay, launch Safari with right option S. Safari, home, Vision Australia website window. And by the way, that's how I was able to actually get into Safari so quick using my keyboard. I was actually using right option S to launch Safari. And of course, you can do right option M for mail. Mail, inbox, Gmail, for. Okay, and so on. And I've also added quite a lot of shortcuts for myself, such as right option I for iTunes. iTunes, iTunes window, iTunes activity, sources, table, row 2 of 27. Okay, and let's say another one would be right option E for text edit. Text edit, app store iOS voiceover friendly apps.rtf window. Okay, and maybe a final one, why not? Right option A for app store. App store. App Store window. And of course, these are all ones that I added beyond the standard Mail, Time, and Safari by using the keyboard commander that you can get to by VoiceOver Utility, Commanders, and then Keyboard Commander. Now, with all these different sorts of navigation elements going on, you can actually remind yourself what the commands are for. Let me just first of all come back to our desktop just to be nice and clear and safe. Desktop, Macintosh HD. Okay, so I'm going to turn keyboard help on by just doing VOK or control option K. Starting keyboard help. Type keys to hear their names. Hold down the voiceover keys while typing to hear voiceover commands. Press the escape key at the top left corner of the keyboard to stop help. So control option or VO semicolon. Option, control, semicolon, toggle control option lock on or off. Locks the VO keys. So let me just press escape to have keyboard help. Escape, stopping keyboard. If you want to explore the commands quick nav, Let's turn quick nav on with right and left arrow. Quick nav on. VOK or control option K. Starting keyboard help. Okay, and then we can press up and down together. Down and up. Perform action for item. Performs the default action on the item in the voiceover cursor. Okay, down and right. Right and down. Start interacting with item. Further inspection inside the item. Okay, Allows right. keyboard control. Left and down. Stop interacting with item. Stop interacting with... Okay, etc. So press escape. Escape. Stopping keyboard. I'm just going to turn the keyboard commander off because we had it on before. Keyboard commander off. Okay, turn it on again with shift VOK or shift control option K. Keyboard commander on. Okay, now go back into keyboard help. VOK or control option K. Starting keyboard help. Okay, and if I do right option E, for example. Op e, open application. Opens the following application. Applications text edit dot app. Okay, right option I. Option I, open application. Opens the following application. Applications iTunes dot app. Right option A. Op A. Open application. Opens the following application. Applications app store dot app. Okay, right option T. Option T. Run Apple script script. Runs the following script. Library scripts voiceover time of day dot Apple script. Okay, right option M. Option M. Open application. Opens the following application. Applications mail dot app. And right option S. Option S. Open application. Opens the following application. Applications Safari dot app. And of course, you could explore other right option keyboard commands just in case you've forgotten other ones that you've also done. And again, you could always check that via VoiceOver Utility. So let me press Escape. Escape. Stopping keyboard. How? Let's turn VoiceOver trackpad command on with VO two finger rotate clockwise or Control Option two finger rotate clockwise. Trackpad commander on. And then VOK for keyboard help or control option K. Starting keyboard help. One finger flick to the right. Flick right. Move right. Moves the voiceover cursor right. One finger flick to the left. Flick left. Move left. Moves the voiceover cursor left. One finger flick up. Flick up. Move up. Moves the voiceover cursor up. 
I'm going to flick down. Flick down. Move down. Move the voiceover cursor down. Two finger double tap. On top of the trick. Two finger double tap top. Go to menu bar. Move voiceover cursor to the menu bar. Two finger double tap bottom. Two finger double tap bottom. Go to dock. Move voiceover cursor to the dock. Two finger rotate clockwise. Rotate clockwise. Next rotor item. Switches to the next rotor item. Two finger rotate counterclockwise. Rotate counterclockwise. Previous rotor item. Switches to the previous rotor item. Okay. Two finger scrub to the right. Two finger flick right. Start interacting item. Further inspection inside the item. Allows scrub, keyboard control. Two finger flick to the left. Two finger flick left. Stop interacting with item. Stop interacting with item. Okay. Focus voiceover cursor up. Two finger scrub backwards and forwards. Two finger scrub. Escape. Exits the current mode. Okay, and so on. So let me press escape. Come out of keyboard help. Escape. Stopping keyboard help. Let me turn the numpad commander back on with VO clear or control option clear. Numpad commander on. And let's go into keyboard help with control option K or VOK. Starting keyboard help. Type keys to hear their names. Hold down the voiceover keys while typing to hear voiceover commands. So press eight. eight. Move up. Moves the voiceover cursor up. Two. Two. Move down. Moves the voiceover cursor down. Four. Four. Move left. Moves the voiceover cursor left. Six. Six. Move right. Moves the voiceover cursor right. Okay, seven. Seven. Stop interacting with item. Stop interacting with item. Nine. Focus vo nine. Start interacting with item. Further inspection inside the item. Allow keyboard control. Equals. Equals. Go to menu bar. Moves voiceover star. cursor to star. Go to desktop. Moves voiceover cursor. And of course, zero. Holding it down plus four. Zero. Four. Find previous heading. Navigates to the previous zero heading. Five. Regar five. Find next heading. Navigates to the next heading regardless of heading level. Zero one. One. Find previous link. Find the previous link. Zero two. Two. Find next link. Find the next link. Etc. Now, I'm just going to show you something because I've just discovered this when I was doing the recording and I should have remembered it. If I press the clear key now that numpad command is turned on, clear. It just says clear. However, if I come out of keyboard help by pressing escape, escape, stopping keyboard help, and I now press the clear key, dock, address book, 8 of 20. That's the command that takes us to the dock. However, when you're in keyboard help or you just press it, it actually doesn't tell you that. So that's the command, how to get to the dock using the numeric keypad of the numpad commander. Once you've already turned the numpad commander on with VO clear, control option clear, just press the clear key again. Dock. And you go to the dock. So there you go, I've learned something today. So that concludes this demonstration of some of the extra navigation features that you've got in VoiceOver as a bit of a reminder. Remembering that we went through the VO lock command, the quick nav command, the trackpad commander, the numpad commander, the keyboard commander. And again, you can remind yourself that we just did then what all the commands and how they activate by using voiceover keyboard help course with VOK or control option K. So if you've got any other questions about Apple accessibility, please contact the Adaptive Technology Help Desk at Vision Australia on 1300 847 466. Thanks for listening and bye for now. Vision Australia. Blindness and low vision services. On July 1st, 2012, full power affiliates of the top four commercial television broadcast networks, ABC, CBS, Fox and NBC located in the top 25 television markets must provide four hours per week of video described prime time and or children's programming. 
On July 1, 2015, such affiliates serving the top 60 markets will provide video description with the same stipulation. On July 1, 2012, cable and satellite providers with 50,000 or more subscribers must provide four hours per week video described prime time and or children's programming on each of the top five national non-broadcast networks. Currently, the top five non-broadcast networks are USA, Disney Channel, TNT, Nickelodeon, and TBS. By July 1, 2013, the Commission must initiate an inquiry on video description and report to Congress one year after initiating that inquiry. Not before two years after completing this report, the Commission may increase requirements by up to 75% from four to seven hours per week for televised video programming. The Commission does not require, but expects that programmers, stations, and systems will provide information to viewers about the availability of video description on certain programs in an accessible manner, including on their websites and with companies that publish television listings information. Viewers may file complaints with the Commission about a failure to comply with the video description rules by any reasonable means, such as by letter, fax, phone, email, or through the Commission's web portal, http www.fcc.gov forward slash complaints. ACB has been very involved in working to restore and increase described TV broadcasts. For more information, contact the American Council of the Blind National Office at 1-800-424-8666. everybody. It is May the 21st, 2012, and today I'm going to talk about my favorite spam blocker, which is called CloudMark Desktop 1. That's C-L-O-U-D-M-A-R-K-D-E-S-K-T-O-P-O-N-E, and Desktop 1 is one word. This is a spam blocker that I have been using for, oh, I suppose almost 10 years. And you can use it for free or you can sign up to get the pro version, which has a couple of different features, such as the ability to block spam in more than one email account. Cloudmark Desktop One can be used on a subscription basis where you pay about $20 a year. And I think when I first signed up, I had to pay an additional amount because they had to set up my account. When you subscribe, you automatically get the pro version, which is a really nice plus. But I've been using the pro version for years and they keep making it easier and easier and easier to use. The free version gives you a lot of benefits though. I'm sitting right now on the help page for CloudMark Desktop One and it gives a fairly good summary of what this thing is all about. All of the documentation is online and in text form and all you have to do to find something is just link to the item and usually they have different sections and you need to get into the proper section to link to the subsections that are in it. Right now I am in the section for new users. Heading level one about CloudMark Desktop 1. Blank. 
Cloudmark Desktop 1 is a simple, accurate spam blocker for email that runs independently from your email client. It filters spam, phishing, and email born viruses whenever your computer is on, even if your email application is not open. It consists of these components. Blank Definition List of One Items The Accounts Control Panel the Accounts Control Panel is where you select the email accounts that you want to filter and configure your filtering options. See, link using the Accounts Control Panel. For more information, list end, definition list of one items, an email toolbar. If you have one of the supported email applications listed below, Desktop 1 installs a toolbar like this one in your email window. Use the toolbar to manually scan a folder or block and unblock messages. See. Link using the toolbar. List end. Blank. Email clients supported. Blank. Outlook 2002-2003-2007-2010. Windows Mail. Outlook Express. Thunderbird 3. Thunderbird 5. Imapop. Supported versions of Outlook 2010. Office Home and Business Professional installed from a DVD CD 32-bit, 64-bit. For Outlook XP 2002 you need to be running Windows XP SP3. Blank. Supported versions of Outlook 2010. Office Home and Business installed from a DVD CD 32-bit. Professional installed from a DVD CD 32-bit. 64-bit. They have just recently updated it so that CloudMark will work with all versions of Thunderbird above version 3. I'm running version 12 and it works wonderfully with it. Before they updated, they didn't have a toolbar, so I had to use Thunderbird's built-in spam assassin, and I got a lot of extra spam in my inbox. But now it just figures out that, yes, it's spam. It puts it in your spam folder, and whenever you block spam, the information about the blocked spam goes to everybody else who uses CloudMark, and that way you're helping them, and when they block spam, you get the information about it. It all happens on the web. You don't see any of this interaction going on. You just know that you're getting less spam because everybody else is helping you to block your spam. You're helping them to block their spam, and it's just a great way to keep all this stuff out. It very rarely makes mistakes, but when it does, you can go through your spam folder occasionally and delete the stuff that is spam. And if you find something that is not spam, that really is a legitimate email, you can unblock it from your spam folder. Let's get out of Internet Explorer so I can show you how the toolbar works. Studio Recorder Document 1 document one okay i'm going to get over to my thunderbird email jaws inbox mozilla thunderbird now let's say that i'm on an email that i want to block i'm pushing the applications key and this will also work if you use the right mouse button in most situations but i got in the habit of using the applications key i'm going to push applications key context menu no spelling suggestions unavailable now this is all Thunderbird stuff, so I'm going to move down, arrow down. Add the dictionary. I'm just pushing down arrow here. Check spelling not checked. Add dictionaries. Languages submenu. Open message in new window. Open message in new tab. Open message in conversation. 
Reply to news group. Reply to sender only. Reply to all. Reply to list. Forward. Forward as attachments. Edit as new. Tag submenu. Mark submenu. Copy message location. Archive. Block. Ah, there's the block key. Now this probably would be much faster if I up arrowed, but I've gotten in the habit of down arrowing, so that's just what I do. So if you get an email that's junk and you don't want to see it anymore, you push enter on this key and there doesn't seem to be any shortcut that I can find. Maybe there is, but I haven't seen any shortcuts mentioned in any of the documentation. But this block function is not in your standard Thunderbird. It is inserted when you install CloudMark. If you're in your spam folder, this will say unblock. If I wanted to block this message, I would push enter and it would block it. It would move it to the spam folder. I'm going to push Leaving menus. that List. key to get out. I just pushed the alt key to get out. The next thing I wanted to tell you is how to interact with CloudMark. And the way you do that is you go to the system tray. You push for JAWS insert plus F11 or JAWS key plus F11. CloudMark desktop one last scan. 5-21-2012-6-54-30 a.m. Double click to view details. And this is what you would push enter on. It's usually the first thing that I see. I don't know if it would be the first thing you would see in yours. Everybody's PC is different. I'm going to push enter. Context menu accounts. This is where you go to configure your account. I'm going to show you what else we've got in this menu. You can either tab through it or you can push down arrow. I usually tab through it. Check for updates. This is where you go to check for updates for your particular version. I have found that if they update to a whole different newer version, I'm now using, what am I using, 3.3? If they update to 3.4, then I would have to get into what is called My CloudMark, which is essentially my website in the CloudMark community. And they warn you after you log on, oh, you're not using the current version. And then they give you a link so that you can download the current one. This is where you would check for updates for anything that your current version covers. For example, if I'm using 3.3.2 and they update to 3.3.5, for example, this is supposed to tell me. Okay, tab again. My cloud mark. This is where I would push enter to get on the web and go to my CloudMark account. That account is where you update your credit card information if you subscribe to the Pro version. This is also where you would go to update. Now, I have found that all that they give you is CloudMark Updater. I find it's much, much easier to just go to the CloudMark site itself, which is cloudmarkdesktop.com. That's all one word. And I type it all in lowercase. And they have updates there where you can download the actual full version of the code. So that's how I do it. But you can update from MyCloudMark because they give you an updater program that will go out and do it.
Help. This is the help. This is where we were when we first started talking about this, and I was giving you the information about how CloudMark is set up, and it gives you all the versions of email programs that it supports. There's a lot of help out there. There's a FAQ section for frequent questions. There's a user manual, as I showed you. It's all online. There's even a database of information so that if you have other concerns, you can even open a problem ticket if you have a problem and you're having problems trying to get things to work. Get more from CloudMark. This is additional information if you want to upgrade from the basic version, which is the free one, to the pro version. About CloudMark Desktop 1. And this is just the additional information about the version that you happen to be using. If you're using the pro version, you get a license number, which is displayed when you sign into MyCloudMark, which is your own personal CloudMark website. And if you want to update CloudMark or put CloudMark on another computer, you can use one of your licenses. I believe you get two of them. I think I ended up with three this last year. I think I needed an extra one. And you can get that license number from the site and just highlight it and do a copy. And then when you get the new version of CloudMark and it asks for your license number, you can do a paste. I think the newer versions of CloudMark will get your license information automatically, so you don't have to do that. Exit. And that's if you want to exit CloudMark for some reason. For example, if you want to do antivirus or something. I found, though, that I can run antivirus, and I've not had any trouble with my CloudMark running with it. So I don't usually exit CloudMark. Accounts. Okay, we're back into accounts. I'm going to show you what we get in accounts. I'm going to press enter. Leaving menus, CloudMark desktop one settings, configure read only, configure link. Configure is where you would work with your account to change settings. And turn off filtering read only, turn off filtering link. There's no reason to really do this unless you're doing some other major updates or upgrades to your PC. Add another account, read only, add another account, link. This is for the pro version only. You can add more than one account. With the basic version, you only get one account. Open advanced settings, read only, open advanced and settings, we'll link. we'll get to this a little later. This is advanced settings. This is mostly for people who have proxy servers or a firewall. Help button. And we're down to help. Close button. And close. Configure, read only, configure, Let's link. Go to configure. I'm going to push enter. General tab. Usually you have three tabs if you're just running this with a regular POP3 account without any of the supported email. If you're not using one of the supported email programs such as Thunderbird, Outlook, whatever, then you get the third tab which is used to set up your quarantine. If you don't run the supported email programs, you get a quarantine instead of a spam folder, and all of your spam goes into the quarantine. What you'll get here, in addition to the general tab, is an outbound server information tab. And this lets you get 
information that is coming into your quarantine folder which might be spam and probably is. It's used instead of a spam folder so this would be another tab it would say outbound settings or some such. The other setting here is approved senders tab. Approved senders. For example, if you have somebody that is sending you email and it's not in your address book, then you can add them to the approved senders. Let's tab real quickly around here just to show you. Approved senders. Example, com list view, zero items. Right now I don't have anybody in there because I did a major update to this program the other day and I haven't had to approve anybody. Add button. Address book. Also trust email from senders in my Thunderbird address book checkbox checked. Help button. Cancel button. Approved senders tab. Okay, we're going to go back to general tab. General tab and I'm going to show you what's in here. Folders to scan automatically. Preview. Mary Emerson's global. Net checked. Five items. And the only checked folder in here is inbox, and that's the default. So I pretty much leave that alone. Detection actions. Spam action. Combo box. Move the spam folder in each account. That's the default, but there are other options here. Purge spam permanently after checkbox not checked. I don't purge it because I don't always get around to looking at spam every day. But you can tell it to purge spam after a week or after a day or you can set that to any day that you want. Mark spam as red checkbox not checked. This is a Thunderbird thing. I don't need to mark it as red. It doesn't really make any difference. Mark spam as junk checkbox not checked. Same thing with this one. Help button. Cancel button. Okay, I think we're actually done with this, so I'm going to cancel and get out of this because... General tab. General is the next thing we've got, and we've already seen that. Cancel button. Cancel. Cloudmark desktop one settings. Configure read only. Configure link. Configure. Cloudmark desktop. Add another account. Re open advanced settings. Read only. Open advanced settings. Li Okay, we're going to open the advanced settings to show you what's in here. Cloudmark connection settings. Do not use a proxy server radio button checked. One of seven. We'll just leave it alone. Other settings. Show system tray icon checkbox checked. This is great because you know where this interface is and you can just get into your system tray and you've got it. Enable Cloudmark troubleshooting log checkbox not checked. This I haven't needed to do. Display language combo box default English United States. Help button. OK button. Cancel button. We didn't change anything in here so we're going to push cancel. Cloudmark desktop one settings. Open advanced settings. Read only. Open advanced settings. And link. we're going to tab. Help button. Close button. And we're going to close this. Inbox Mozilla Thunderbird. And we're back in the inbox. One thing I want to mention about the installation, when you get the program and you download it and you start to install it, in JAWS we've got an unrestricted mode which allows you to read the screen completely and I'm a braille user so I use this a lot because I can pick and choose which parts of lines I want to read. 
When you install the program, it has an installation wizard. And what you'll see is the screen is divided into two sections. The top section is for setting up with email programs that lets you use a toolbar. And we've already talked about all the supported programs. The bottom section is for programs both IMAP and POP3 that do not use a toolbar, that use the quarantine instead of the spam folder. The installation program, what I tend to do is turn on the mouse cursor, JAWS cursor, run it in an unrestricted mode, and arrow down through that particular screen because if you use a program that is supported, it will list the program. It goes out to your drive and looks for a supported email program and when it finds it, it highlights it and it's listed in the top half as one of the programs that is supported and uses a toolbar. What you do is when you find the line with that particular program name such as Thunderbird and usually your email account name is listed right near it, probably on the next line. I think that's where it is. It just depends on how your screen reader displays Braille. I think there might be a way for you to do this without Braille. There's probably a way to highlight a particular item with speech. I don't know that. But what I do is when I find the word Thunderbird, press the routing key above it so that it's highlighted, and then I push spacebar and that turns on the checkbox. The checkbox is not viewable, so I suspect it's probably some type of a graphic thing. And then you arrow down past the second half of the screen and down near the bottom it says essentially you have selected one email program and that's the confirmation that this is what you've done. So then you can get out of your unrestricted mode, get back into your regular PC cursor and tab to the next button and push that and then from there on it's pretty much automatic it's all set up for you if you use one of the supported programs if you use a POP3 or an IMAP account that is not directly supported with a toolbar then you'll have to do a little bit of configuration but it's not that much if you're using Thunderbird it will let you know when you have pushed the finish button that the extension or the add-on for Thunderbird toolbar is installed. And then when you bring up Thunderbird for the first time after you have installed CloudMark, it will ask you, do you want to really install this toolbar? And it will do it and then it will bring up a prompt that says restart Thunderbird. And once you do that, it works really well. That's pretty much all I wanted to tell you about this program. I've been using it for years and I must tell you it is just absolutely superb. You will not believe how much spam it filters out. In fact, you get statistics. If you get into your CloudMark interface and you turn on your mouse cursor you can arrow down and see the statistics. It's really quite amazing. It filters out a lot of spam every day. It's still 
watching your inbox, even if you're not using something that supports a toolbar you still get a lot less spam. And the best part of it is that most of these functions that I'm talking about are available with the free version. If you want more information about it, you can go to www.cloudmarkdesktop.com and Cloudmark Desktop is all one word, lowercase. The reason they call it Cloudmark Desktop instead of Cloudmark Desktop 1 is that the previous version a few years ago was Cloudmark Desktop and it runs on a lot of older stuff. If you type Cloudmark Desktop 1, O-N-E, that is, .com, it will still go to the Cloudmark Desktop site. I hope you found this of interest. If you have any questions, go out to their website because they've got a whole raft of material out there that you can read. And remember, you can try this thing for free. And if you want to upgrade to Pro, they won't push you to upgrade. And if you want to ask me a question, I don't know a lot of stuff. I know what works for me. You could go out to the main menu friends email list if you're a subscriber to that. Or if you want to ask me a question, my email is maryemerson, M-A-R-Y-E-M-E-R-S-O-N, at sbcglobal.net. Thank you for listening. For Main Menu, this is Mary Emerson. Hi, I'm David Tanner, host of Main Menu. I'd like to take this opportunity to remind you of a couple of things. Number one, to come by and see us at the Main Menu webpage at www.mainmenu.acbradio.org. And while you're there, sign up for our Main Menu Friends mailing list. We'd love to have you on the list and have you input ideas on how we can continue to improve Main Menu. Also, while you're at it, if you have the opportunity, buy and see us on Twitter. You can access us on Twitter at twitter.com slash main menu. For the entire Main Menu staff, I'd like to thank you for being with us today here on Main Menu. We'll look forward to seeing you back again next week. Meantime, you have a good week, and we'll see you soon.